right. Welcome to the very first Straight from the Dime Box pod. I'll just get right into it. We have a great guest tonight, MI underscore sports cards on Instagram. I'm really excited for this one. Uh, thanks for being on. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, uh, first, uh, I just realized I should probably uh, figure out what your first name is. So, uh, I'm Zach. Zach. All right, cool. Yep. All right, thanks for coming on, Zach. Uh, I'll jump right into the questions here. First question, uh, how did you get into the hobby? All right, so this is kind of a funny story. So, I've always, as a kid, I've always, like, uh, been having cards, like, on the side but like I never got seriously into the hobby and on Instagram until about three years ago it was like a rainy day and uh I was looking through my like old baseball card binders and I found this Mike Trout rookie card and I was really curious to see like what it was worth or if it was just like a joke and I looked it up and I was about 800 bucks and then I just got hooked from there was it the update trout? Yep, the update base trout rookie, yeah. So three years ago, so you came into it right as like that, if I'm correct here, the Luca Trey, like that year when it was all yep, kind of started. Yep, that was the first year I remember buying blasters and solo packs of that prison year for like 20 bucks. Oh, right, exactly. So what's the one, did you have anything that you like pulled from prison that year and sent in for grading? That like just went up a thousand percent in value when it came back. Uh, I wasn't to be honest. Uh, I remember pulling a Luca Prism uh pink ice rookie, and then some of the base cards. But to be honest, I think I just sold them. I didn't really grade any of them. Okay, okay. So yeah, I feel like a lot of people came in like a, three years ago. That time period is just when so many new people re-entered, and then from there just some of the multipliers from the cards from then is crazy. Like, even like you said, like you were able to get blasters and cellos for, you know, 20 bucks a piece. And from that year, now they're like almost a grand from 2018 because of the rookies you can pull. So yeah, for sure. What kind of stuff do you like to collect and flip? Cause I started looking at your page as soon as you messaged me that you were down and I see some, some monsters here. I mean, right away you see a true gem, donovan mitchell orange at a 49 rookie i mean that's an insane card and then below that you have a brady downtown so i saw yeah, both sure. those and i was like oh my god <laughs> so yeah uh, uh i like to my main uh like my favorite players i like to collect is uh donovan mitchell and uh tom brady and then to be honest i just like to get the rare uh, things that you don't find every day for some of the hotter players in sports. How about, are you a big fan of like buying raw and grading or is that not really your game? Uh, not really. Uh, I used to do that about a year ago and I still have my 20 day submissions out for PSA. So I kind of stopped doing that. So have you only graded with PSA or have you tried other companies? Uh, I've done BGS and PSA. BGS, okay. And BGS, I'm sure, was probably even worse than PSA with the wait times. Uh, Yeah, it was about probably the same, I'd say. Uh, I got my BGS sub back uh, like about a year ago, and it took about three months on like a 10-day service, I think. 
Wow, ten days becomes three months. That's that's incredible. So yeah. In terms of like what you do with cards when you get them, are you more of a flipper or do you hold them? Is there some stuff that you just absolutely will not move? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I like to flip a lot of stuff that I'm not hooked on to and then some of the stuff I'll hold back. But it for me, it's really hard to hold on when I see the dollar signs and I like to just get new stuff in. And yeah. So, okay, so so you do flip some stuff. What is, if you had to say your biggest or, like, your favorite flip, because we all have that one flip, like, when somebody asks us, like, one of our friends might be busting our stones about collecting baseball cards, and then we tell them about that one flip that we had or we show them on eBay, and they kind of shut up. So what's that one flip for you? Yeah, uh, my biggest flip has definitely been a, a Kyler Murray National Treasures rpa at a five holy shit and if you don't mind saying what we're do you mind talking about numbers on that or oh uh, yeah i can say what i made on it. i think i made about six or seven thousand bucks on oh, it in a time frame of like a month or so oh my god six to seven grand in a month now what which off season i'm assuming it was an off season buy or was it in season uh i, I bought it uh his rookie year and then I moved it, I would say, about four months ago, yeah. Okay. Right when the football wave got really high going into the season. <clears throat> so you were playing that, that August boom there, that, that preseason runoff that yeah. football usually has. But honestly, this past season, it didn't seem to be nearly as big as it's been the past few. I feel like people like word kind of got out on that and you even see it shows like guys would kind of even tell you if you were trying to sell in football in August, they would know that it's not the time to buy right before the season. So I think yep. people kind of starting to catch on to, uh, to patterns like that. Now, are you, are you a big show guy? Do you go to a lot of shows? Uh, I've been to a lot just because of my schedule, but I did recently go to uh, the Chicago show about two weeks ago or a week ago. Okay, that that's a pretty big show. Did you make any big moves there? Yeah, that's where I ended up getting my uh, McDowell Prism Orange. Oh, okay, okay. And um, is there anything that you try to do? Like, do you set up? Do you go through bargain bins? Or are you just mainly trying to trade showcase items? Oh, uh, yeah. My strategy when I go to shows is, like, I usually make a list because I always hear about people, like, walking in the show and then they have no idea where to start and i like to make a list of like what my goals are and what players i'm going to look for and then as i see like bigger items that i'm going for and say i just don't have like enough cash or trade for that card at the start of the show i like to ask like vendors what they're looking for and trade for bigger cards and then i'll go around and try and buy stuff low and then trade up for one of those bigger items that I was interested in earlier in the day. So that's a grind. You're picking up stuff to move the same day for something bigger at the same show. That sounds like that takes a takes a lot of like gut trust because if you're you're buying something there and you think it's low and then a dealer might not want it. So I guess you really gotta trust your gut there. Yeah, for sure. So Nat Turner 
uh, has been on some interviews, Card Talk Pods, um, Sports Card Live, some other big podcasts. And it sounds like there's no doubt PSA regular service is coming back. Now, I did some research, looked at what that sub was before they closed down. It was about 95 bucks. Is that now you said you're not a huge grading guy, but you've submitted before. Is that price number low enough for you to start thinking about sending some cards out or is 95 bucks even like you're you just can't you think that that's too high as well? Uh, yeah, I think uh, 95 is a little more reasonable, but at the same time, we also have zero clue when that stuff is going to what the timetable of the return of those submissions are going to be. For me personally, I'd rather just quick flip stuff and then and let or instead of like trying to grade stuff and wait eight months, like I like the cash pretty quickly instead of waiting. But I do like the idea of the ninety five dollars, but that's probably not for me. Okay, so you you like keeping the liquid flowing. All yep, right. So for sure. so you clearly deal a lot of uh, high end singles here. Uh, what about wax? Do you try to flip wax? Are you holding it or are you a breaker? What are your thoughts on wax? Uh, I mean, I've broken the past, like last year, I think, I think I broke about 50 boxes. I've done about 50 to 75 breaks in the past, but that was before the huge boom. So to me personally, I don't really like to kill anyone and I don't like, I don't like the prices on boxes right now, but Every once in a while, I'll pick up a box to just stash in a closet and think about it later. But, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Okay, so you, you actually used to break before everything got too crazy with that, back when you could actually walk into a Walmart and Target and pick up a decent box. Yep. Okay, so that's an interesting perspective there. You're saying that prices have just gone up too much. You don't want to beat someone up. And, honestly, that's a good point because – you know, something I've noticed with a lot of the wax, I mean, like, for example, I thought 24-pack Prism Retail, this year's Prism, like LaMelo and Ann Edwards rookies, pro uniform, it's a 24-pack retail. The chaser in there is the Pulsars out of 42. Those got down to, like, 270 a box. And I remember thinking, like, that's a crazy good deal compared to other years. Then when you think about it um, – the chase card, like the realistic chase card, like let's say an Edwards or Lamello Silver, you're only going to break even if you pull those. So I feel like the ratio between what you can pull and sell and what the cost of the boxes just does not match up anymore. And I think that that's something that needs to correct itself soon because I think a lot of people who joined a lot of breaks new to the hobby kind of got smoked on some of that stuff because I mean, it's crazy. I mean, 2019 Prism Hobby Boxes, they're down to like two grand now. But I remember watching people drop like four grand a pop on those in a live and just pull absolute duds. Yeah, for sure. I've noticed that myself, just seeing how the breakers, like if they get a Prism Box or a liquid box that everyone wants, they can just mark their own price on it and i feel like people that are ripping now like aren't ripping like they're not very they're not using their brain to say that they're gonna make money on that box uh i just think that some of the breakers have 
unreasonable prices and are kind of killing people. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I especially, I mean, sometimes you see prices and you just wonder like, is their time breaking the box worth a $1,100 upcharge on a high end box? Cause that's some of the numbers you'll see. So breaking and, and ripping packs and boxes was usually the first step for any new collector coming into this. But now, like we just talked about, that's not really affordable for a new, as someone new in the hobby. And if they do choose that route, they're probably going to leave the hobby pretty soon once they realize that they lost the bag. So what would you say to someone new in the hobby who's trying to build up their collection by making some flips? What would your advice be to them? Yeah. So uh, just to think like how I got into the hobby, I, I'll, I, like I said, I kind of got of a boost just finding that trout rookie. But some advice that I would say is, like, everyone wants that huge high-end piece that they think is just going to keep climbing the ladder in price. But you always got to start somewhere. And, like, it's okay to have cheaper cards. Like, you can still make good flips. I see, I see bigger pages at card shows, like, just digging through guard or uh, – bargain bins and making a ton of money but people don't really notice that because it's not the huge piece on their page posted like their pickup you know what i mean okay yeah i like that's a big thing that that i preach you know going through bargain boxes and i think especially if psa can come out with bulk service again i think digging through bargain boxes and then sending them into grading but again that's going to take grading to come back down to 20 bucks a card for people to be able to do that so um so next you 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 said you came into the hobby around like 2018 and just to give people a perspective because a lot of people or i'd say most people who are in it now probably came in a little bit after then and the hobby was so different then i mean prices were so drastically different so like for example like a lebron tops chrome psa 10 in august to october of 2018 which is probably when a lot of people were starting to come in that basketball season was starting with that luca class um the lebron tops chrome psa 10 rookie was a thousand bucks as we all know that ran up to about 35 grand and then some during that february run-up it's back down to 12 grand so is there any card that you either bought and held from then or something that you've kept an eye on we're gonna buy and now you see how much it's gone up is there anything that jumps out to you oh uh, yeah i always think back and regret myself of uh buying uh curry contenders auto back in 2018 uh, i definitely saw i saw like cheaper price on it and uh, i was thinking about it all day and i ended up passing on it and now you see them and they're about what are they like uh, almost 10,000 for a PSA 9. Yeah, for high grade, I was going to say for for high grade, those are over 10k, but do you remember what it how much it was when you thought about buying it? Yeah, I think it was like 1500 if I'm not mistaken. 1500. So that's a huge price difference there. I feel like a lot of curry stuff. I mean, his his Topps Chrome PSA 10s are up to like 65 grand, which is crazy because i mean when you think about if someone you know had a hunch about him his rookie year and threw a bunch of those chrome rookies back when they were dirt cheap i mean that's a life-changing amount of money for someone 
Yeah, for sure. Hey, I got a question for you. Yes. Uh, you said the LeBrons are twelve thousand now. The yes. Chrome Tens. Yeah, they're twelve. Yeah, what's your thoughts on the price difference between Curry and LeBron for those Chrome Tens? So that's something I've thought about a lot. The pop on the LeBrons though is over two thousand, and the pop on the Curry, I believe. And I'll double check on that right now, but I think the pop for the curry might be under a hundred, which is crazy rare. But at the same time, I've been thinking lately, even though base stuff is getting killed, I think those LeBron Chrome tens are going to bounce a little bit back up. They're not going to get back to thirty-five, but they're going to get a, a lot more realistic. Yeah, I can definitely see that for sure. So the Topps Chrome 10s are Pop 61. Oh, my. I didn't even really realize that. I just remember those prices are a huge yeah, they're, amount. They're numbered out of 999. So I think like the BGS 9.5 is a Pop 143. So they're, you know, only having 999 of them. And I think having that card numbered, is why it's so much more desired than the LeBron right now, because I feel like everyone is running away from base. Like, what do you, like, Luca base is back down to, like, 550 a pop now. I've seen on Instagram, like, I saw Sasha posted one for 505. That's crazy low. What are your thoughts on the Luca base, which is, like, a pop 19,000, if I'm correct? You got Zion, which is at, like, 275 bucks. Pop twenty thousand. Trey is at like hundred seventy bucks. Pop, I believe, like twelve thousand. What do you think about those high pop base tens of young stars? Yeah, I mean, now that we look at it, like what were Lucas like thirteen hundred? Actually, they were probably closer to two thousand, weren't they? Yeah, when he hit that crazy shot in the bubble, they crossed yeah, two thousand. So now that I look at it, and it's down like down to five hundred or less. I mean. There's also a point where you see, at some t- at some point, I see like there's a good buying opportunity, even though it's a base card. Like, it makes sense to me almost. Like, for uh, Luca, for five hundred, I mean, if he does anything, that the card has to go up a little bit. Okay, so that's an interest. You're, you're thinking it's been beaten down so much, it has to bounce back up. Yeah, for sure. Just a little bit, but not like a crazy amount up to 2000 again. Now, here's something that I always think about with those base. Right before PSA closed, they announced that they were going to hike prices, and people sent in thousands of cards. They Nat Turner even came out and said after he shut down that the reason he had to shut down is because of the crazy influx that they got before the price hike. So, People are thinking that they got north of a million cards during that during the weeks leading up to it. So I always think, how many of those were Luca base? How many of those were Zion base? I think that pop report on Luca by the time they clear the backlog could easily be over thirty thousand on the tens alone, just because I feel like people were just buying them by the bucket and just sending them to grading you know, all leading up to that. And it definitely slowed down once the price went up. But like, even now there's grading for like 150. So if you have some clean Luca base, like people are still ripping 2018 prism. I think they're sending those right to PSA. I think that pop is just going to grow and grow. 
Yeah, for sure. I definitely see that point of view. I just didn't uh, catch on to that for uh, how much how many cards were sent after that PSA was closed. So to switch gears here, one thing I want to do, you know, during every interview is ask someone, what's a play you've made recently? How do you feel about it? And and what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So like I said, uh, my recent big play, if you've seen a recent post, uh, I went to the Chicago show going into it, looking for Donovan Mitchell as he is my favorite NBA player. And, Towards the end of the show, I ended up finding uh, my favorite prism color, prism orange, uh, Donovan Mitchell BGS 9.5 as a true gem. So I got into that card at around $6,000 in uh, trade and cash. I did not 6000 but I also saw a point where I was into some of these tra- the cards that I traded for pretty low so it made sense for me and uh what i like to do when i pick up uh donald mitchell is i like to look at jason tatum and i've seen uh a jason tatum psa 9 of the same card the prism orange for about eleven thousand dollars and i personally think donald mitchell is a better player than jason tatum i know it's bold but he has a better playoff resume, and uh, he's on a better team, I guess you could say, as the Celtics are trending down. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I saw that Tatum had 11000 for a PSA 9, and I took a chance at uh, about 6000 for the Mitchell, as I see uh, the cheapest one you can get on eBay for a true gems about 9000 and I believe in Mitchell long term, so I'm pretty confident about that play. So that's an interesting comparison that you had there. Instead of comparing it to other Mitchell cards, you compared it to someone in his same draft class. And I think what's important about same draft classes, same look on the set, they have the same amount of rookies, you know, in general, because they're in the same product. So I think that's a pretty good comparison there. And especially, I think if you ask anyone right now who they think is the more talented player, everyone's going to tell you Mitchell is because Tatum you know, he opened up the year really cold shooting-wise. Um, and I think the only thing that's probably holding Mitchell back a little bit is even though the Jazz win, they just aren't that big of a market. But, I mean, in today's NBA, I mean, in, in it could be this offseason he could demand a trade and get traded to the Knicks. So anything can happen. I think that's a big thing to keep in mind when investing in basketball, like, you know, there's so many things like nobody thought that Russell Westbrook would end up on the Lakers with LeBron and AD, but it happened because the league is just crazy now. Like, imagine if someone told you two years ago that Kyrie, Harden, and Durant would all be on the Nets together. Like, the NBA is just insane right now with trades. So, honestly, a decent strategy might be putting some money into some guys who are in smaller markets, hoping that when they you know, request a trade or they sign elsewhere that it's going to boom. Yeah, for sure. I definitely see that point. Especially because the market is so reactive, and I feel like it's so reactive to players switching teams. Yep. So here's – I'll do one one last uh, set of questions here. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, what is something in the hobby – it could be cards, it could be wax, it could be anything, something – 
that you think is overvalued and then something that you think is undervalued? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, for my overvalued uh, thing in the hobby, I'd definitely say that uh, wax, as we mentioned, I think it's really overvalued and there's little room to make uh, money unless you're hitting that uh, five-figure card out of the box. And then for my undervalued thing, uh, I've heard a lot of people on this recently, but I really like the uh, BGS, uh, like True Gems with the subgrades. I really like that play. Uh, comparing it to the PSA 10 prices, uh, in some cards you see BGS 9.5 True Gems are less than or equal to like half the price of a PSA 10 on higher-end cards, and I just think that after a while, people are going to realize that having subgrades on a card and knowing what's wrong with the card or what's good with the card is definitely going to, like like you said, the market's really reactionary. And if some big guy in the hobby comes out with like uh, logic about BGS or something like that, I just think uh, BGS cards can really go up in value. Yeah, that's a good point because when you look at, and I just pulled up, just for reference, like the LeBron uh, Topps Chrome rookie. Now, this isn't measuring true gem. This is just overall BGS 9.5. But the 10, and these are going off the card ladder values, the 10 sits at 12.35 thousand. The BGS is at four and a half thousand. So, I mean, that's a BGS 9.5. That's a gem mint grade compared to a gem mint grade. And honestly, just based off the look of the slab, a lot of people are, you know, probably want to freak out after hearing me say this but i think bgs has better looking slabs when it comes to the gold label like nine fives and tens because they have the subgrades and i feel like it's like a more sturdy slab i I don't know i just it's an unpopular opinion but i would take a bgs slab just based off aesthetics than a psa one yeah i agree with you there i've always been on the bgs train over psa and and it was interesting you mentioned like if one big influencer comes in and points something out like that, then it can change so drastically. Because I remember like in that 2018 year with Luca and Trey, when somebody realized how rare like courtside and field level on select were, and all of a sudden those exploded, like the Luca select PSA tens. I remember those shooting to over a thousand, like easily so quickly after someone pointed that out. And that's, that's the thing about the market. All it takes is one big account or like one big influencer like Gary Vee or somebody to say it, and then it'll just explode. Yeah, that's what I've always been waiting for us, that guy to come out with some BGS knowledge. Yeah, that, yeah, he, you know, it's interesting. Like all those guys like Gary, Otia, like all the big time guys who buy like millions and millions, they're all so pro PSA. And, you know, it just makes you wonder why that's the case. Yeah. So I don't want to take up, you know, too much more of your time here, but people who are listening, go give a follow to M I lowercase M I underscore sports cards. So that's lowercase M I underscore sports cards on Instagram. This guy has a dope page. He's about to hit 5,000 followers the organic way, not the way I'm doing it, which is just by following a ton of people. I'll admit it. I have no shame to it. Just want to get my page out there. But Zach here is doing it the legit way. Go give him a follow. Some sick cards. Zach, 
thanks for being on, man. Best of luck in the hobby. And if you ever start your own pod or start doing breaks again, let me know. I'd love to help you promote that. All right. I appreciate you having me All on. Right. Thanks, man. Uh, Have a great thanks night. for sharing some knowledge. Yep. All right. Thank you. Yep. See you guys. See you.